Hello everyone, Jody Heiss here with you. Welcome to another edition of the Freedom Caucus podcast. We are honored to have you on board with us. Let's just jump into it. One of the biggest issues happening as far as conversation and debate is uh, not only right here in Washington, but throughout the entire country, is the issue of immigration. To put things into a little bit of perspective, we have about 12 million illegal aliens in our country, and that is simply an estimate. The truth is we don't know how many are here because obviously these people are coming into the country illegally, so it's just a guess when we hear the, the numbers thrown around 12 million or whatever it may be. And then we have over a million who come into this country legally every year. That is the most in the world. And so you are very, very much aware of what's happening on the southern border, an absolute crisis that is underway there. Uh, and as I mentioned, one of the issues that is so much a part and just creating the problem are loopholes in our own laws. Our laws are helping to create the problem, particularly laws that deal with asylum recipients and refugees and that type of thing. Uh, now, we follow in this country international law. We allow people to come here and claim asylum if they're being persecuted by their own government in their home country. I think most people would agree with that. That's something probably is not going to change and frankly should not change. But here's the problem. Something's wrong with it. We, we, through a series of loopholes that have been created over the past decades, our asylum laws have now simply become, I think it's fair to describe it as, as an avenue for amnesty coming into this country. People are able to come here, claim asylum, claim that they are being persecuted in their home country, and they are permitted to come into here. And, and the, the very individuals that all this law was initially designed to protect people who are genuinely being persecuted in their home country, uh, it's just being watered down because so many others are coming here now and just claiming asylum. And, well, our law says if they claim asylum, we've got to let them in. So that's kind of just in a nutshell what's taking place here. And the frightening part is that these people are just released once they claim asylum, they are released in the United States. Uh, their hearing about asylum can take years, years, years. And so they're released in the country. Right now, the asylum backlog is over 800,000 cases. So if nothing is done about this, some, many are estimating that that number could double in the uh, next coming years. Now, the Freedom Caucus, and fair to say most Republicans, have been trying in any way we can to fix the problem while at the same time trying to help the president do what he campaigned to do, and that is to uh, build the wall to secure our southern border. So closing the loopholes with the asylum issue and making sure we build the wall is uh, a, a, just, the, these are top priorities. Now, on the other side of the aisle, our colleagues in the Democratic Party have a very different approach. For example, among other things, they are pushing for the DREAM Act. This would literally provide amnesty for about 3 million people. That's the answer that the Democratic Party has. That's part of their answer. And the DREAM Act, basically, if anyone can prove that they were under 18 years of age when they came illegally into this country, uh, then they receive a temporary status. Then, if they stay employed 
for 75% of the time, or if they enter college or graduate high school, then they get citizenship. So the DREAM Act is just a pathway. It's, a, it's amnesty is what it is. Under the current system, those 3 million individuals would literally turn into about 14 million new arrivals because here's another part of the equation. Through chain migration, those 3 million who were here and they go to school and graduate, whatever, they become citizens, then their family members are allowed to come into this country and the estimates are, again, that's going to be about 14 million. So, I mean, this thing just goes on and on and on and on. And by the way, apprehensions in April on the southern border uh, were twice as much as they were this time last year. In fact, we've already surpassed 2017 apprehensions for the entire year, and we're only at the end of May. And so, uh, so just to make things worse, I just want you to get a an understanding of what's going on here. To make things even worse, there's another bill out there. It's called Temporary Protected Status, TPS. And this, as it states in the title, this is supposed to be temporary. But this is a program that goes back to the early 90s. It basically allows a safe haven to people who have been dislocated because of war or natural disasters, that type of thing. It's to be temporary. But, again, the other side of the aisle, the Democratic Party, they're trying to upend this program and make it permanent amnesty for those who have come here uh, temporarily. So it's just a classic bait-and-switch situation going on. The, the bill was actually considered recently in the House Judiciary Committee, which has jurisdiction over immigration issues. And that is a perfect lead-in to my guest today, Ken Buck. He is the ranking member for the House Judiciary Immigration and Citizenship Subcommittee. He is the go-to guy on this issue. Uh, Ken represents the 4th Congressional District in Colorado. He was elected in 2014, same time I was elected. We came in together. In fact, Ken was our class president, the freshman class president, uh, and we actually ran into each other several times on the campaign trail during that time. But uh, Ken is a former prosecutor and district attorney. He worked under Dick Cheney on the Iran-Contra investigation. He also serves on the House Foreign Affairs Committee and, of course, a proud member of the House Freedom Caucus. Ken, great to have you on the program with us. Thanks. It's great to be with you, Jody. Well, listen, there's, uh, there's, there's multiple areas we can run on right here. Um, but let's begin with this. You are on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, a committee, in many ways, is similar to the uh, oversight committee, in, particularly in this regard, y'all have jurisdiction of uh, other things than we do, but in this regard, there's a lot of similarities. There is uh, both extremes on the committees where you have strong conservatives and then radical uh, liberals on the army. Uh, the judiciary's got you, Jordan, Louis Gomert, Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, all that, uh, and then you, you've got just the opposite on the Democratic side of things. So, What's it like being on judiciary? It's a perfect committee for you. It is a perfect committee for me. I love food fights, and, and there's a food fight every day on, on the judiciary committee. Every time we meet, uh, there's a disagreement, and people use language that's inflammatory, and uh, it, is, it is just a great place for politics. I, I, I could not stand being on a committee 
where, where uh, people avoid the tough issues. We came here to make tough decisions, and I think it is so important that, uh, that we're honest uh, with our uh, opponents, honest with the, the other side of the aisle, uh, and, and that we're doing everything we can to, to help that fight, and, and that is certainly true on Judiciary Committee. Well, it, it absolutely is, and you that you bring up a great point. That's precisely why we are here. And a lot of people seem to come here, and then they want to avoid the tough votes. They don't want to take them, but that is why we're here. We're facing a tough time in our country, and the only way to work through this is going to uh, – we've got to make some tough decisions to try to come out of it. What are some of those tough issues that uh, judiciary is dealing with right now? Well, we, we have jurisdiction over immigration. We have jurisdiction over uh, – uh, the uh, patent laws, the copyright laws, uh, and, and some of those don't seem like they would be, uh, you know, issues that would divide, and, and, but they really are. There, there's a need in this country to, to solve some patent issues. If we're going to remain the most innovative country in the world, uh, obviously immigration's a, a tough issue. Um, border security is a tough issue. Well, let's, let's start there. I mean, you guys are dealing with some, recently been dealing with some bills, uh, Dream Act, and I mean, you've had some pretty uh, intense debates on the immigration issue in judiciary. Where's that? Where's that going? Kind of contrast the two sides, the two points of view. Well, the, the the Dream Act passed out of committee recently, and the interesting thing about it was that we offered several amendments that would actually strengthen the bill. Make the and bill. you actually offered some personally. I yeah. offered some. Um, uh, Matt Gates offered some. Andy Biggs offered some. Uh, we we uh, made an effort. Uh, if the bill is going to pass the floor, and certainly the Democrats have the ability to, to pass it on the floor, we made the effort to, to offer some amendments. My amendment was, was really pretty straightforward. I, I, uh, the, the Democrats kept talking about the fact that they uh, wanted to make sure that uh, nobody that had a, a gang background or a criminal background uh, came into the country through the, the, through the DREAM Act, through our immigration system. Uh, the uh, United States Customs and Immigration Service uh, does not have access to all the criminal databases in the country. And so my amendment just would have given them access. They are not a law enforcement agency uh, under the law. Um, they are a civil agency. and so, so they need access to that information. They need access to the information to be able to do their job. And so I offered the amendment. And um, at this point, uh, the, the amendment has not passed. I'm going to offer it in, in the Rules Committee and see if I can get a vote on the floor. But you can't talk out both sides of your mouth and not get caught in the judiciary commission. Right. Why would anyone oppose that? Well, they, they oppose it because they think it will allow less people into the country. And, and that is not their goal. Wow. And that is the issue. that They do want as many people coming into this country for political reasons and otherwise. Uh, and we're seeing that. I do believe in the long haul we're winning that battle. The American people are recognizing what's happening in our borders and I believe the, the pressure is mounting. The Democrats are going to have to come on board. Another issue y'all dealt with recently in uh, judiciary has to, to do with the, uh, the whole uh, Paris Climate Accord, uh, the, the, the bill that would have uh, kind of reversed that decision, and you offered some interesting amendments on that issue as well. Yeah, that, 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 that again, uh, if, if President Obama had been serious about that negotiation and, and that uh, uh, treaty, he would have submitted it to the Senate, and, and he would have allowed the sure. Senate to debate it. He would have allowed the Senate to amend it if necessary, but he didn't. He decided it was an agreement. Uh, he he uh, Rather than a treaty. Rather than a treaty. He signed it as an agreement, which has no binding effect on future presidents or the United States, frankly. And uh, the world knew that because you and I and others kept talking about the fact that he uh, decided to go the agreement route rather than the treaty route. And as a result... 
this president looked at it and, and uh, found that uh, China was treated overly fairly and, and, and in fact uh, doesn't have to comply with any or not to make any changes for, for decades. Uh, and it would have really crippled our economy. And, and this president made the right decision and, and decided not to go forward. Uh, the Democrats, uh, because of their base, have, have decided to raise that issue again. And, and uh, they did it in, in, uh, in a number of ways, uh, have been trying to highlight their concern for the environment. You and I are also concerned with the environment. We just want to make Absolutely. sure that we have a, a, an economy that is competitive in the world marketplace. In fact, you came uh, up with a, an amendment offering the Green New Deal. That's right. I offered the Green New Deal. Some of my colleagues looked at me and, and thought I'd lost <laughs> I my imagine. mind. <laughs> All right. What, what, what were you thinking with that? Well, I wanted to make sure we got the other side on record right. uh, voting for or against the Green New Deal. And, and they found that it was not germane. And so they didn't have to vote <laughs> for it. The Green New Deal was not germane? It was not germane oh, to a climate, a, a climate bill. Well, yeah. you know, I, I, I put forward the discharge petition with the same thing. I mean, we, it's a, the American people need to know where the Democratic Party stands on this radical piece of legislation. Everybody needs to know where their representative is on this. And I, I appreciate you, you bringing that up in judiciary. And you know, it is just hilarious to me though that they find something like that uh, not germane in a discussion about climate change. Right. Right. I mean, because that's their solution. Well, and again, they can talk out both sides of the mouth, yeah. but they're gonna get caught and, and they got caught. All right, let's go down to another critical issue that you guys have been dealing with and will continue to deal with in judiciary, and that is this whole movement towards impeachment. The Democrat, they're again, as you say, speaking out of both sides of their mouth right now. Some are not talking impeachment. They're trying to distance themselves a little bit from that. Others are boldly speaking about it. But the reality in every committee virtually right now, it's all about moving towards impeachment. Give me your take on that. Well, I agree with you. And I think what's what's really compelling is that, uh, and first, let me back up. I, I think it would be a terrible mistake to go through an impeachment process at this point in our country's history. This president was a legitimately elected president. Uh, he has not committed a high crime or misdemeanor, and he has not acted inappropriately in, in office. Certainly, uh, there are some who object to a tweet here or there or to some of his right. language. Uh, that's fine. But when you look at the policies and you look what, at our economy and you look how America is moving forward uh, in terms of our world relationships and trade, uh, this, this president has acted appropriately uh, within the bounds of his office. Uh, and, and so I don't believe that impeachment is, is appropriate. I think it's a terrible political call by the Democrats if they go down this route because the American public is fed up with this. But think about what's happened so far. Uh, almost immediately upon taking office, this president was under investigation. There were uh, 20 prosecutors, 40 FBI agents. They spent millions and millions of dollars, interviewed thousands of witnesses, reviewed hundreds of thousands of documents, uh, put this case into grand jury, and the result was a conclusion that the president, uh, as a candidate, and his campaign did not collude with the Russians in their attempts to interfere in our election. That was what the charge was. And for no special. obstruction. Well, and and no obstruction, but but the the whole charge for this special prosecutor was was, the was there collusion? Right. Was there a conspiracy? And he found that there wasn't any. And then he left the door open in a sense. He said, "This isn't prosecutable. I don't have the evidence to prosecute." He had the evidence to prosecute seven or eight individuals, so he right. knows how to prosecute. He knows how to get into a courtroom and convict people. But he said, "I don't have the evidence to prosecute the president on this charge." The Democrats have taken that. They've reopened the collusion issue. For goodness and it's close. I mean, like you said, after, what, $30 million or whatever has been spent in two years, and most of these individuals were 
attorneys who wanted to take the president down. I, I, I think that's very fair to say. And they found nothing. And yet it, the Democrats were not going to let it go. It, it, there certainly, as, as you and I discovered last year, there certainly was a bias in the FBI right. against this president Absolutely. for Hillary Clinton. It showed in their work product. Of, and, and I should say at the, at the highest levels of the FBI, I do not want to impugn the integrity of, of uh, FBI special sure. agents who work very hard and protect us every day. But, but at, at the, the highest, highest level, level yeah. there certainly was a bias, and, and it was revealed, and it was embarrassing to the FBI. So what are you seeing in judiciary, this whole move pushed towards impeachment? Yeah, I, I think they are laying the groundwork with subpoenas, uh, trying to hold the attorney general in contempt. Uh, they are moving towards impeachment. Then recently we heard the, uh, the Speaker of the House in, in a press conference say that, that she believes the President of the United States committed obstruction of justice in plain view, trying to use more legal language to suggest that somehow this president has uh, committed a crime and should be impeached. And they she are, also said he's covering it up. Absolutely. And, and I think what's happening, um, and, and, and I think you and I would look at the Democrat Party, and we look at it from a distance. We have not been in their conferences and their caucus meetings, but, but from a distance, it appears that the left wing, the socialist wing of the Democrat Party is uh, threatening uh, the, the speaker, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and uh, as a result, she is having to move closer and closer to impeachment. And the chair of the Judiciary Committee, where, they, where the hearings would be held, is moving closer and closer to impeachment. Well, and that brings me really akin to our, to our last question, as we, I know our time is beginning to slip away. But you, know, you, you hit it exactly right on the head there, that the Democratic Party is moving further and further and further to the left. You've got a handful uh, in in their party that outright left-wing, radical, off-the-reservation, socialist Democrats. And, and the whole party seems to be moving that direction. Look at all the candidates who are running for president. They cannot run faster to the left than what they're doing. And I don't think there's any committee that is dealing with that and watching it firsthand any more than judiciary. Do you agree with that assessment, just from your perspective, what you're seeing? I, I think the Democrat Party is more divided than I've ever seen uh, in, in my lifetime, than I've ever seen the Democrat Party. I think it is. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, and I do mean kid, and I watched uh, you know, the Watergate proceedings, um, and I watched the Chicago Convention uh, in 1968 in, in uh, the Democrat Convention in Chicago, um, I saw a divided party. I see a more divided party now because there are just basic philosophical differences. The Democrat Party of, of uh, you know, uh, John F. Kennedy uh, that really courted the labor vote and, and sort of the, uh, the, the, the northern Catholics and the southern Protestants has, has gone away. Um, that, that party has disappeared. They are now so pro-immigration, so pro-open borders, and, and they are so uh, uh, pro-social program and socialist program that, that it is a much different party. And, and the, the, the more moderate Democrats, if I can use that term uh, loosely to describe some of those Democrats, um, are really offended that, that these uh, socialists have come in and, and have really uh, turned this uh, party upside down. Well, and there are moderate Democrats, like in my district, rural uh, places throughout the country, and I don't think uh, many of them feel as though their party is leaving them, just marching off and leaving them all together. Uh, well, Ken, listen, I want to thank you so much for coming on the program, being a part of this. You bring a wealth of information uh, to uh, the Congress, and uh, you are an, just an incredible uh, individual and a major part of the Freedom Caucus. Great to have you on board. 
uh, with this program. I look forward to having you in the future. I appreciate that, Jody. And just one more thing. When you said that uh, they feel like the party is leaving them, I just want them to know the Republican Party will welcome them anytime. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great point because, uh, listen, we're standing really for America. We're standing for the people. We're standing for liberty and uh, freedom and our Constitution for everyone. It's the Democratic Party that's running as far as they can away from that. That's right. Great point. Well, listen, folks, thank you for joining us uh, for the program today. We always appreciate you being on board with us. If you have a moment, please take time to rate and review and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud. And uh, remember to follow us on Facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus and on Twitter at Freedom Caucus. Until next time, this is Jody Heiss. Glad you're on board with us. We'll see you next time.